Hello and welcome back to Stop and Go F1. It's been a while. Well, it hasn't been a while. It's been just over a week, but it feels like it's been such a long time since I've sat here and spoke to you. But I feel by the end of this week, you would have had far too much of me as we got a very, very busy week ahead of us for the Monaco Grand Prix week. We've got F1, F2 and F3 all going on this week, all this weekend. So if you want to keep up to date with all that stuff, make sure you subscribe to the channel. That's rule number one, of course. You must subscribe. This is the Monaco Grand Preview video. In this video, we'll be visiting Upgrade Corner, taking a stroll down Special Helmet Street, then we'll be having a look at all the news from the past week, and of course, we'll be making our predictions for the Monaco Grand Prix towards the end of the video, as long as I remember, because sometimes I don't. Also, this is available in audio form, and I've forgotten to change the last few videos to audio form, but if you do like that, it's available on Spotify link in the description, and I'll remember to change this one over. So, <clears throat> let's head to Upgrade Corner. So what I've got here is just a list of all the upgrades all the teams will be bringing here this weekend. If it's circuit-specific, I'm not going to talk about it, but if it's just general upgrades to the car, I shall talk about it. Then after that, I'll talk about Mercedes. So... Williams, what have they brought? They brought new front suspension as well as new front corner. Uh, who's next? Alpha Tauri have actually got a load of upgrades. Uh, there's a uh, floor in there, uh, floor edges, diffuser has changed, front suspension, a lot of changes to uh, the Alpha Tauri. Haas have actually brought upgrades, front suspension, front wing. Aston Martin have brought a load of upgrades, so front suspension, front corner, rear suspension. Uh, Alfa Romeo have brought engine covers, floor edge, floor body, rear suspension, rear wing, beam wing, fantastic stuff. McLaren, uh, floor fences as well as rear corner. You've got Alpine who brought front suspension as well as side pond inlets, floor edge. Uh, Mercedes will come to them at the end. Uh, Ferrari have brought rear corner upgrades, whereas Red Bull have brought a reliability upgrade for the front suspension. But the one we all need to talk about the most, of course, is Mercedes. Who have brought new front suspension, new floor, fence, floor fences, new side pod inlets, new engine cover, new rear wing, and new rear cover. This is the B version of their car here. The no, the no pods are gone. Now, of course, these upgrades were supposed to be here for Imola. Obviously, that was cancelled. So they're now here for Monaco, the first testing of these uh, new upgrades for the car. And if you look at it, you would see that they're really not that drastically different from what a lot of guys had last year. I don't think they've out and out copied anybody. I think a lot of people expected them to turn up this weekend with a black Red Bull, which they haven't done. They haven't gone down the route of the Ferrari. They haven't gone down the route of the Aston. It seems to be a unique uh, concept, but when you look at it, it's not strikingly unique. And I have a theory for as to why. Because I think the side pods that they have here are very similar to a lot of the side pods we saw at the start of last year. And I've actually got a quote here somewhere from Toto Wolf. So, he was asked why the side pods look so basic. And the quote he gave was, It's a lack of comprehension of what makes... Uh, of what it... 
sorry, I'll start again, is a lack of comprehension of what it is that makes the car such a nasty piece of work. Um, the new philosophy is starting from a simpler, easier to understand basis. So basically what he's saying here is that the no pods, which they've had for the last 18 months, were very complicated and they didn't really understand why they weren't working or why they should be working. So what they've got here on the Mercedes are side pods that are so simple and basic that they know exactly how they work and they're going to build upon that. Now I saw a lot of people talking when this was these side pods were unveiled that Mercedes are going to now dominate, they're going to do it, they're going to win everything now, they're going to be back at the front and I really don't think that's as, that's as far from the truth as I think he possibly can get. I think Mercedes has taken a step back here, but only in the short term. In the long term, I think this will be massively beneficial for Mercedes. And once they get their head around it, they'll jump on it and go really well. In the short term, I think they'll be having a step back here. They are really where everyone else was in Bahrain last year at this point. Um, a lot of people have been drawing comparisons between the side pods they have here and the side pods of the McLaren at the start of last year. And whilst they're not exactly the same, I can see where those um, comparisons are coming from. And that is just because McLaren had an incredibly basic side pod design last year. This is really baby's first side pods, if you will. It's just a very simple design that they can fully understand and then build upon. There's nothing drastic going on here from what I can see. Also, Ted did a little bit on them before um, was it before practice 1 or before practice 2. I can't remember now. But basically, the floor hasn't massively changed. The front section of the floor, they weren't able to change. So the car isn't working as one whole unit at the minute. And I think Monaco might actually be hiding that because it's not a massively like uh, aerodynamic circuit in terms of top speeds in terms of like uh downforce and stuff yeah i think when we get to spain we may see them take an even further step back i think monaco might hide how potentially how much speed they potentially lost uh this weekend as i said long term it'll work it'll be the better thing to do but for the short term for right now I think this is a step back for Mercedes and that may be reflected in my predictions later on as we go through the video. Anyway, let's go and have a look at Special Helmet Street. Here we go. I'm going to share my screen with you now. Here we go. Look at this one. So, uh, Monaco. People love to celebrate Monaco with some special helmets. They haven't let us down here uh, this weekend. So this here is the helmet of Nick DeVries of Alpha Tauri, obviously celebrating all the uh, casinos and stuff. Lots of gambling going on in Monaco, and they want to celebrate that. I'm closing my messenger so that doesn't ping up anymore. Let's bring the screen back up. Uh, moving on to, this is Oscar Piastri's helmet. Now, if you weren't aware, McLaren are celebrating the Triple Crown this weekend. The Indy 500 is also on on Sunday. Monaco uh, Grand Prix is now a part of the Indy 500, as is the Le Mans 24-hour. This helmet here is a tribute to the Monaco 24-hour McLaren car. That one there, it was all black. So this has got bits of black on it. Charles Leclerc is paying tribute to his father with a helmet very uh, 
reminding him, which is very similar to that, that his father wore. Uh, his brother, Arthur Leclerc, is also wearing a similar helmet in F2 this weekend. Go to last year's winner, Sergio Perez. And this is a diamond helmet. Not real, not real diamond, but made to look like diamond. I like this one quite a bit. I think this might be my second favourite of the weekend. Um, this is Kevin Magnuson of Haas. Lots of just images similar to that of Monaco on the helmet. Uh, we'll go across now to Lando Norris, who is also paying tribute to the Triple Crown this weekend for McLaren. We'll talk more about this later. Let's firstly look at the McLaren. So this is Oscar Piastri from the practice sessions today. This is their special Monaco livery for the Triple Crown. It's split into three sections. This section here is paying tribute to their first car to ever win the Indy 500. This section here is tribute to Alain Prost's car, which won... The, uh, won their first Monaco race. And this section here is for the 24-hour in Le Mans. I don't like it. I'll tell you that for free. What I think looks incredible is the white and the orange, uh, but the black front wing for me ruins it. I don't like it. They should have just gone for the classic Marlborough design, but with the orange instead of the red to get around the whole smoking thing. Anyway, Lando Norris here, his helmet is in tribute to uh, 1984, which is the year that uh, McLaren won their first Monaco Grand Prix. But this is where it gets interesting for me. We'll come back to uh, Special Helmet Street in a little bit, because we've got one left to talk about. But I want to talk about Lando's helmet here. Because Lando's helmet is a tribute to Nicky Lauda, who won the world title for McLaren in 1984. 1984 is also the year that they first won the Monaco Grand Prix. But... Alain Prost won the Monaco Grand Prix, not Nicky Lauda. Nicky Lauda didn't finish the race. So I just find it very <laughs> strange here that we're celebrating the Triple Crown. Yeah, Monaco, Monaco, yeah, look how good uh, McLaren have been at Monaco. And then McLaren's number one driver are paying, is paying tribute to a man who didn't finish the race in the year that they won it. It's a bit of a strange one, but there we go. Um, then... One last one to talk about, and it's my winner of Helmet of the Weekend. It's Valtteri Bottas with his Pac-Man tribute Monaco helmet. Uh, it's got the tribute to Pac-Man with all the layouts, but it's also got different parts of the Monaco track on it. On the top it says Botman. Ah, oh, incredible stuff. Uh, Valtteri Bottas quickly is becoming the helmet champion of the world. He had the one from testing where it's his own face. He had this really cool one in Australia, if you can remember back to that one. Wow, that's some good helmets. So, we've spoken about that now. Um, oh, actually, there is one more thing I want to talk about, actually, in terms of special liveries, because Williams are opening up a competition for us to vote on because they're going to have a special golf livery Williams for Singapore, Japan, and Qatar towards the end of the season. And they want us to vote. So there's four cars here that we can vote on. There's this one called Better Than Bold. There's this one called Contemporary. There's this one called Heritage. And then there's this one called Visionary. Personally, Visionary is my favourite. And honestly, looking at them, I feel like they spent a lot of time designing this one, then thought, hey, let's make it a competition, and just kind of made these ones up. But, yeah, it's nice that oh, we can put all four on the screen at the same time. Look at that. Yeah, they all look pretty nice. 
but it's nice that they're doing something special. I am in agreement with a lot of people online who say that the Monaco Grand Prix, everyone, every team should have to do some kind of special livery, no matter who they are, because, you know, it just makes it a bit more fun whilst they're going around in a queue. Um, news now, though. Let's talk about the F1 news of the week. So the big news that came out towards the end of last week is that the Monaco Grand Prix will no longer be directed by the Monaco directing body people. It'll be directed by F1 and their broadcasting people. And already we have seen a fantastic increase in seeing things that are interesting and good camera angles. Um, for the first time ever, they've got a helicopter flying over the track getting shots, and it looks incredible. Um, there was one shot they used in the F3 practice session on Thursday, and they haven't used it since, but I loved it, because to the left of the screen, you saw the, the top of the hill of the first section of the track. On the right side of the screen, you saw the exit of the tunnel, and they showed them both at the same time. It was an incredible shot. They haven't used it since, but it looked really good. In terms of direction, already we're seeing a, a grand increase this is a great thing for everyone. Uh, moving on now to one of the biggest talking points of the week. And it is Lewis Hamilton going to Ferrari. Now this is a new story that came out towards, well a rumour that came out towards the start of the, of the week. Uh, it was first reported by a newspaper which is questionable at best, which is the Daily Mail. They said that Ferrari are willing to break the bank in order to get Lewis Hamilton, offering him a £40 million deal to bring Lewis into the team for 2024. This could be either to swap with Charles Leclerc or to partner with Charles. Now, this has basically been poo-pooed by everyone involved. Uh, Frederick Vasseur has said, no, he isn't. Lewis Hamilton has said, no, they aren't. So it looks like it's not happening unless it does. Um, but what I would say is I think maybe he should. I'd like to see it happen. He wouldn't, he'd have, he would team with Leclerc. He, I don't think they would swap out Leclerc. But there's the thing about Ferrari that they always have the best drivers. Like, in terms of, if you're talking about the greatest of all time debate, all of them apart from Hamilton, Senna, and Jim Clark, have driven for Ferrari. I've got a list here. Here we go. So, Schumacher, Fangio, Prost, Mansell, Alonso, Lauda, Raikkonen, Vettel, Ascari, Villeneuve, that's Gilles Villeneuve, not Jacques Villeneuve. They've all driven for Ferrari at some point in their career. Some of them winning titles, some of them coming very close, some of them nowhere near. But, you know, the huge names of Formula One usually at some point drive for Ferrari. And if I was Lewis right now, I think Ferrari are in a much better place than Mercedes in order to win titles. I don't see either of them winning titles in the not-too-distant future. I see Red Bull winning a lot of titles and maybe Aston being their closest challengers. But in terms of getting closer, just look at this weekend. Ferrari look incredibly strong, whilst Mercedes may have taken a step back. You know, if I was Lewis and I had to choose right now between Mercedes and Ferrari, I've got nothing to lose by going to Ferrari. 
you're still a seven-time world champion. You've still got all those wins. You've still done a fantastic amount of work at Mercedes. Why not just take the risk? Why not just go, ah, come on then. Let's roll the dice. Let's go to Ferrari. But it seems like Ferrari are very happy with the guys they've got. But if they want to change, they're there. It's good. Um, Talking about Mercedes, though, they're going to have a brand new uh, campus. They're upgrading their campus. Now, there was a video on this channel of me when I went down to Silverstone. We went to have a look at the Mercedes uh, campus once we were, once we were down there. Uh, the most important thing for me is that the Mercedes bush is staying, which is very important. But, yeah, they're investing some money. Going to have a brand new campus. What does that mean? Not that much. Look at McLaren's campus. They're in, that's really good. And they're still crap. Moving on, though, to some more huge news from this weekend. This is a long video, but that's because a lot of stuff has happened. Aston Martin have announced that they are officially teaming with Honda. Honda will supply their engines from 2026. Now, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago when the rumours started to circulate. My opinions on that hasn't massively changed. This is 100% the correct move to make for Aston Martin. In terms of Mercedes in terms of like supplying engines, they will always, always, always be number two to the Mercedes team. It doesn't matter how many races they win in a year, the Mercedes team will come first all the time. With Honda, they've got an exclusive deal there. They can go to and fro between them, build the car around the engine, build the engine around the car, whichever one you want to do in perfect balance there. The Honda engines are very good. We've seen that with Red Bull. They're not in the same place they were a few years ago. This is fantastic for Aston, and just shows that they're just going to go up and up and up, and who knows, in 2026, they could be the ones walking away with both world titles. I could definitely see it at this point. It's a great deal for them, and I look forward to seeing what happens. Uh, and that is it for the news, unless we do want to talk about how uh, Alonso and Honda are now best buds. Nothing ever happened. We were all fine. He was joking when he said we had a GP2 engine. Oh, Fernando, we love the banter. It's a great time for all of us. We're having a wonderful time. I'm not crying. I wasn't crying at the time. No. That's basically what's happened. Because it looks like Alonso ain't going anywhere. So, right, let's do some predictions and then we can talk about F2 and F3. So every time we make two predictions here for the race weekend, and here are my two predictions. Prediction number one revolves around the, the uh, McLaren. No, it's not McLaren. It's the Mercedes team. Uh, my prediction is that this will be the worst weekend they've had this year in terms of points haul, in terms of performance. It's going to be a bad one. That's my prediction number one. Prediction number two, Carlos Sainz to beat Charles Leclerc in the race is my prediction number two because he looks very strong he's just had a crash in practice too but before he crashed he looked great uh, there's some like there's something about him today up until the crash and i hope the crash doesn't shake his confidence because even when he was on the hard tires he was setting times that were competitive against alonso's medium tire runs and like max's medium tire runs he he's looking really good this like I'm on the science hype train here. A lot of people are pointing to Alonso to win this weekend, but I think, who knows, it may go the way of the other Spaniard. But whatever happens, we are building to a fantastic qualifying session tomorrow. Monaco is always the best qualifying of the year, but, you know, we've got Max, we've got Checo, Charles, 
Carlos, uh, Fernando's in there as well. For some reason, Bottas is there. Bottas just turned up in the second practice session. He looked really quick. Um, I don't think the Merclads will be there personally, but we'll wait and see. You never know what is going to happen in Monaco, so it's going to be an exciting one tomorrow. But two teams, not two teams, two formulas, sorry, that have already had their practice sessions are Formula 2 and Formula 3. And they are very strange because they don't allow all the, all the cars to run at the same time anymore. They split them into two groups, Group A and Group B. And then whoever get, whichever group has the fastest time at the top gets the, the, the left-hand side of the grid. Is that how it works? Sorry, the right-hand side of the grid, because that's pole. Pole's rather than the right, I think. So it doesn't make much sense. But here we go. So Frederick Vesti got it in uh, for F2. Looking really good. Awasa looking better than he did in Baku, that's for sure. He'll be in a good position for the sprint race. I think he's on the fourth row. They haven't put out like a proper grid yet, but he's on the fourth row, whatever that means. So... He will be I don't know, ninth, so he'll be second in the sprint. So looking good there. Behrman was really struggling. I mean, he had a crash in the practice session and really couldn't recover from there. Uh, Victor Martins will be on the front row alongside Vesti. Jack Dewan had a good lap time in for um, Group A for P2, but was really angry nonetheless. Um, Isaac Hadjar, I think he's on pole for the sprint, so he's one to watch there. Daruvala looking good, Kushmani looking good, Zane Maloney, lots of guys here who are there or thereabouts. I think we're going to have quite the train in both races. Then across into Formula 3, and it is Gabrielli Mini on pole, who I'm a big fan of. I mean, I was heartbroken after the race in Bahrain, after what happened to him there. But he is on pole for the Monaco Grand Prix Formula 3. The first ever Formula 3 Monaco race. It's mad because all the motorsport that's going on this weekend. Formula 2, Formula 1, Indy 500. And the race I am most excited for is the Formula 3 on Sunday morning. I love the Formula 3 because they're mad bastards. It's incredible. Anyway, I think I've been talking for long enough at this point. I think we've covered everything. We've been to Upgrade Corner. We've been down Special Helmet Street. We've talked about the Hamilton Ferrari stuff. We've talked about Aston Honda. We've talked about everything. But we'll be back tomorrow to talk some more. Because we'll be talking about the best qualifying of the year. Monica qualifying here tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe because it's going to be a lot of fun. Until then though, have a lovely Friday evening. I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye.